Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, and people of all ages, welcome back to the Sticky Floors podcast. I am one of your hosts, CJ, and I am joined by Mr. Will. Mr. Will, we are recording on December 31st. Yes, sir. 2020, 2023 by the, the Greco-Roman calendar. <laughs> and 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 fittingly, tonight we are talking about the movie New Year's Eve. Yes. So this is the movie that we're talking about tonight. Um, yo, let's let's just get right into this because this was this was one of your recommendations. I've I'd actually never saw this movie before. So I really? watched it. Oh okay. yeah. I watched it for the first time uh, to prepare for this show. And before we just get into the breakdown of it, just like, you know, just let me know like what what made you recommend that for this time of year? Yeah. Um I figured, hey, why not? talk about something that is in line with the seasons and we had been doing that for those who have been tuning in we've been doing that uh for a continuous basis um highlighted by uh die hard uh which is our version of a christmas story and mm -hmm. i figured hey let's continue that uh that narrative that we're telling here by telling appropriate uh season-based uh stories or commenting on them rather and um i happened to uh, be a romantic, as everyone knows. Uh, and I felt, you know, the multiple stories being told here were the uh, various uh, stages of love and development and attachment and bonds and closeness. Got it. Yeah, that that's actually all throughout this. Um, yeah. This is this is I, I know, like, I, I know that you're going to talk about the cast in, in more detail. So mm -hmm. I'll yeah. just say that I thought the cast was amazing in this. I mean, so many just well-known actors and actresses. I also thought it was interesting to, to watch a movie like this in 2023 and it's made in 2011 and just mm -hmm. like how, you know, certain people were kind of treated as the, the focal point of different stories and yeah. just how that would have changed maybe <laughs> if, if the story had been done, you know, in 2024. So like, I, I think like the, the story with Catherine Heigl and Sofia Vergara that would have switched if they did mm -hmm. that in 2024, just from where, from where both of those people are kind of like in their notoriety at this time. I also, I also have to say that um, I watched this movie and then like two days later, I went and saw the iron claw with Zac Efron. Okay. And it was interesting to see him like, this is more like a sort of a funny kind of, he gets to be a little rakish kind of a character. The iron claw is a character that's much different, you know, Mm. And it was interesting to see like the same actor in two dramatically different roles right next to each other. So that was that was just kind of an interesting thing for there for that. Um, I will say that, you know, movies like this, they always remind me of um, like the movie Crash. You know, you remember Crash mm -hmm. and how they had the overlapping yeah. stories. And I was like I was thinking I was like, man, this is like the, the comedy version of Crash, you know, where it's like. <laughs> All the stories kind of overlap, and that was cool. And then I, and then I also thought like the the ensemble movies like this, they're like they remind me of like We Are the World. So like you mm. remember, you remember like We Are the World when Michael Jackson came in, and you were excited like, Yo, it's Michael <laughs> Jackson, and We Are the World. Like we really are the world, man. Mike is in there. Like when I was when I was watching it, I was like, Oh, Robert De Niro's in here. Oh, Robert's in here, man. It's legit now, right? And it's funny because I was thinking like, Dang, Robert probably told him, man. I'll be in this joint, but I'm not gonna get up. <laughs> like I'm not like I, I can I'll do it, but I gotta be able to lay down the whole time. <laughs> like yeah. like I, don't want, I don't have to walk in the whole movie. And if I could do that, then I'm down. <laughs> I'm down to do it. So that was just oh, <laughs> that was just a funny, funny thing about it. Um yo, so I know so let's talk about the cast. Um it, it's a lot of just an amazing set of actors and actresses in it. Um, I know this is definitely your wheelhouse. You know, what, what did you see about the cast and, you know, who did you think really stood out? Yeah, no, uh, as you said, man, I'm really keen as to those participants in any and all movies we've discussed. But I just want to go back for a minute and just give a brief synopsis. Oh, of course. Um, yeah, no problem. Um, I think everybody's... Uh, kind of familiar with this variation, but this is the actual quote. Hope springs eternal in every human breast. And this is from Alexander Pope, taken from a poem of his in 1732, an essay on man. And uh, when Pope 
penned these words nearly three centuries ago, he most assuredly didn't have the movie New Year's Eve in mind. <laughs> um, alas, it is no less appropriate or apropos. Uh, this is a movie directed by Penny Marshall of uh, Laverne and Shirley fame, so I'm probably dating myself. Uh, New Year's Eve is a 2011, as uh, CJ commented on earlier, romantic comedy in which serendipity has a starring role. And uh, it's funny because uh, some of the co-stars are six of the eight types of uh, Greek or ancient Greeks uh, definitions of love. You have uh, philia love, pragma love, eros love, ludus love, uh, philantua love, and agape love. And these stories, which uh, we're going to get into a little bit later down the line, I think they are prime examples of each of these uh, six different variations of the topic of love. Um, I know my man CJ has a, a flick that I know we're definitely going to cover later on entitled Serendipity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that, that that type of love, that topic, that theme is not only reoccurring throughout the movie, but it is the uh, synonym for what actually gives purpose to human existence, and that's hope. Mm. Um, and I think the epitome of that is in, man, every single character, whether big or small, in real life or in the movie. So what do I mean by that? Take John Belushi. He's the building superintendent. Um, what does he say? Like two lines in this joint? Mm-hmm. But because he's cool with, Penny Marshall, he decided to get on board in this. The same thing with Matthew Broderick, the same thing with Carrie Yules, who uh, some might remember from Men in Tights, or, uh, you know, take uh, John Lithgow, who's Jonathan Cox, who is the boss of Michelle Pfeiffer's character, Ingrid. Like, their roles are small, yet they, I believe that they provide substance to uh, not only the narrative, but the individual's characters, because obviously you got to build these individuals up. You have to be invested. Uh, the fact that John Lithgow is not even paying attention to Ingrid as she's trying to quit and trying to mm-hmm. like, you know, voice like, hey, it, it, it all started off as, hey, I put in my two weeks for uh, vacation time. And he's like, no, you got to put that through me. Um, like, he's just so clueless. And he's telling her, hey, get my coffee as she said hey i quit yeah. dude like i'm not here anymore you're not here anymore. yeah uh the fact that even with the bonus like, like she, she's he, he says he comments uh something to the effect of she was like i put down money for a trip or whatever have you and he's like yeah this might take you on a yeah, bus trip on a boat like yeah a, fer- a ferry a, ride a ferry ride yeah ferris, yeah, ferry yeah. Ride. <laughs> you know you know it's in, you know I just, oh. I just have to point out i think um that's actually a really great point about the idea of using these other actors for these really small roles. It actually, I think as a viewer watch it, like watching it, it made it even more interesting because oh, then yeah. I'm also playing the, Oh, that's such and such from such as mm-hmm. like it, mm-hmm. it, it, it keeps yep. it interesting. Um, when you also don't have like, because of so many stories, it's very easy to kind of get lost in the details but the characters and the different folks really keep you engaged. So yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. And, and the fact that you just mentioned it, it's the engagement. Uh, When you're in these uh, types of settings, these ensemble casts, as you just commented, sometimes you could get lost because it's overwhelming with the details. You know, you will play, Oh, the what if gamer. Oh, who's that? You know, he starred in this or she, I remember her from this, this television show, whatever have you. But at the same token, they're helping to develop the characters. So, for example, when uh, uh, Ashton Kushner's character, Randy, is in the elevator with Leah Michelle's character, Elise, you know, they're, they start off as kind of adversarial. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even going to hold the door mm-hmm. open, uh, but that's because he's jaded. This is contrary to the type of roles that you see yeah. him in on a regular basis where he's the funny guy, the charismatic guy, the, the one who's zany, and you kind of just... Uh, gravitate towards him because he's an extrovert Mm -hmm. in this he's very cynical closed off you know very uh still dealing with the ramifications of a past love and she's able to size him up pretty pretty like just nonchalantly like oh let me guess you're like this and and they almost like flip roles because she becomes the pursuer whereas he normally 
is the character who pursues the female, whether it be, uh, I forget the movie with the, he gets married to uh, Cameron Diaz's character. They're in Las Vegas and then they come back and uh, uh, I remember they end up yeah. winning, like I remember. I don't remember. Yeah. I, I can look up the title, but yeah, yeah. but I don't remember. It, yeah, it's yeah. also, you know, it's all, it's well, funny, but <laughs> this is, I actually really like the, the elevator story. And I, but I yeah. always think about when two people are trapped in an elevator for like eight hours, I always think to myself, nobody had to go to the bathroom during that time. I always just think about, I always <laughs> think like, how do, how do like that, that part never comes up, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's mm -hmm. gotta be a thing, right? Like somebody's always gotta oh, like, of course. go to, it just never comes up. So that was, that was just funny, but I'm sorry. Good. <laughs> But I think that's the no 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 you ain't gonna apologize. I think that's the reason why they shortened the time of them being quote unquote stuck in the elevator. Like it was only a couple of hours at the most because she was still able make to, to make thing, it on yeah. time uh, for to yeah to sing her mm -hmm. her, her part. Um, I like the fact that Hector Alonso uh, uh, Elizondo can like play any ambiguous character whatsoever. In this case, he plays a Slavic. Uh, 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 individual by the name of Kaminsky, Lester Kaminsky, who's supposed to be like the chief person who knows about the ball and its intricacies, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, the, the the funny part is, oh, they call him, but they had just fired him. And then all of a sudden, after all his years of service, now they want to, you know, give him basically the key of the city and give him some like ceremonious uh, introduction to the press, et cetera, et cetera. So I found that very uh very funny and, and and ironic in the sense like how this movie talks about you know closeness telling the people that you love and appreciate them and yet this is the guy who's vital after matthew broderick's character mr buller bullerton bullerton uh uh almost like bueller um it's just funny how like that whole lack of appreciation it's on you you're the one who's going to be thrown mm -hmm. under the bus etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, it's just really funny how all of a sudden now he's the one who's getting the attention that he so uh, sought after, he, so much that he sought uh, all those years of service, and now he's yeah. getting. It. Yeah, it's true, man. It, it's a it. Yeah, I mean that. You're, you're right. They do it. one of the one of the great strengths of the movie is definitely the cast. I mean, they they do a great job, job with yeah. that, and you know you remember like how um, the nuts. You don't see this so much anymore, but if you ever watch like SVU, right? Uh, on order special yes. victims unit there used to be a thing where you would see a well-known actor sort of play the perpetrator on svu and part of it was that that mm -hmm. gave that person a chance to kind of play a role that was different and it allowed them to kind of branch out right. how you saw them with the point you made about ashton kutcher in this movie is a good one because it really does reframe him as an actor and that's yes. a that's a that's cool that they did that even like Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, so many of the roles you see her in, she's more of a stronger, assertive kind of character. And in this one, she yes. dials that way down to like a two to be more like a, a, a mousy kind of character, which, you know, just kind of shows her range mm -hmm. of what she can play, you know, just, yeah, so that, that's a that's a neat point there. Yeah, but even piggybacking off that uh, topic that you just mentioned with respect to uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character in particular, Ingrid is very frumpy, very uh, timid, uh, mousy, as you put it, uh, soft-spoken. And I think she has the the largest growth. But then again, she started from the bottom, so she could only go up. And I'm, that's not intended to uh, utilize the song. But um, nonetheless, uh, she is able to spread her wings. She develops a May-December <laughs> romance with Zac Efron's character. Um and uh, I, I, it's almost like that. This is the equivalent of Stella got her groove back in five minutes. Wow, that's a good uh, point. Yeah, this is the this is the yeah. how Stella got her how Ingrid got her groove back. This is exactly, this is exactly what it yeah. is. That is a good one. Yeah. And the, the funny thing, too, is that she's able to uh, make him Zac Efron's character uh, Paul into a reclamation project too because he says to her I don't want to mm. be that guy anymore mm -hmm. I want to be this so like as much as we thought that he was the one who was running game charismatic able to pull all the strings almost like a concierge of New York itself like New York is the hotel which uh to CJ's credit uh, behind the scenes in the in the uh, pre-production meeting uh the authenticity of New York 
leads credence to the fact yeah. that this is believable that this is an actual new york uh, uh holiday new uh new year's eve celebration and even you got the references to dick yeah. clark and uh, yeah. uh ryan seacrest having so, having uh, having michael bloomberg you know, and at the end it just it just makes it yeah, oh, it, yeah. it legitimizes yeah. it and there's nothing that even even in the zach efron part that he takes her to all those places and everything all that's legit mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like those kind yeah. of places and those kind of opportunities do exist in new york city so you see it like yeah okay i could see that it never was fantastical you know but i think and, and this is no way uh, to throw shade at him i think that is though kind of like man this is this is this plays up the fact that he's a thar- mm-hmm. a heartthrob mm-hmm. or a budding heartthrob during that period because what do do you know can miraculously create 10 dates yeah. in one date hey you yeah. want to go to bali yeah. let's go here oh uh you want to go and uh, uh go on this other adventure and do this that and the third like I, i'm gonna keep it 100 with you like when i was that age and i was still doing my thing or whatever have you um i couldn't find like the perfect date this dude yeah. had 10 perfect well, he, dates he's like yeah, well, he, he he's, a, he's a true player for real feet. though you know what i'm saying like he he's like he's in he's in the game he's in the game <laughs> 10 tones down i mean that's that's clear that's clear from the beginning yeah, of the movie like he's in the game you know he he's like he he doesn't really have a job because he's in the game so much you know what i mean like that that's where he is yeah. Well, he is a bike messenger, so they do try to lead like, hey, well, he's a bike messenger, so he's talking mm-hmm. to all these different people, and he's around the city, so he sees. Mm-hmm. But I'm not buying that. Sorry, Penny, that that's no, not rocking. He's kid, in the game, but no, nah, he's he like ten you said, he's ten down. toes down, man. But again, this this uh this ensemble cast, man, from Common, basically uh giving Car- uh Halle Berry's character uh uh nurse amy the impression that hey this might be my last new year's i mean like that was like the lone wet blanket aside from uh stan harris aka the the don himself robert de niro uh basically uh, having a critical uh mm-hmm. diagnosis of cancer like those are the two wet blankets Yo, for i, me, I think i love you brought the common part because the comments whole that whole video message with halle berry is like it had the you won't be around next year kind of vibe to it. <laughs> like I was watching it. I was like yeah, when, when the screen like, like kind of went off, I was like, oh, their base must have got blown up. That's it. They'd like I I thought that would be like yeah. the next thing you would hear. Cause that it it he didn't have any kind of like, yeah, I'm gonna see you soon kind of vibe. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't there at all. No, no, none whatsoever. No, I did not get the impression yeah, that Chino was coming back home, running to her arms on some like uh uh what is it uh a, a officer officer and, and gentleman whatever the i forget the yeah. title she's not gonna make it officer back to, yeah like no nah, that ain't, she needed to go ahead and nah, holler Zac, that vibe, Zac Efron, yeah. get a good good date in because come common ain't gonna make it back he ain't gonna do that. <laughs> oh, oh man but definitely this this flick offers a little something for everybody i mean like i like josh duhamel especially in this with him getting with uh sarah jessica parker's character um here's someone who is obviously she's a divorcee or or something of that magnitude because here we have her being so clingy to her daughter who's also trying to get her groove on i mean you have a a a, a little puppy love romance teen angst will they won't they and she's the one who's encouraging her mother like hey stop wearing the clogs and then even zach comments stop wearing the clogs like you get the sense like some of these 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 uh, female characters in here they've dialed it back intentionally because they feel like they've been hurt too many times and they're afraid to put the dip their toe back into the water but it's not just limited to the females like i said josh duhamel's character uh when he's in the bus and he's listening to uh yardley smith uh uh character uh maud in that like winnebago where she's saying oh serendipity so are you gonna go and he's yeah. kind of like I don't know. She's like, you're afraid. And you got the n- dirty grandpa in the back talking about like, I'll go in your stand. I'll, I'll like that. That part of the was. was, was charming. Uh, because you know, here we, you got this wholesome family where the father's a, yeah. a, a preacher, a reverend of some sort. And all of a sudden, you know, his, his father or father-in-law is like that dirty old dad. Like 
It just it, the contrast. Duhamel is just and Sarah so Jessica stark, Parker man. is like basically what the movie Serendipity is. Like that idea of people coming together a year yeah. later, you know, because they're trying to recreate the magic of a previous serendipitous situation. I I just that that is like if there's something that fits into my if I was if yeah. I wanted to get into my will vibe of hopeless romanticism, then I would watch I would watch Serendipity and uh yeah, that was a that was a great reference point. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then just in closing with these two last stories, we have the story of the two competing uh couples. Uh, which uh, and CJ hit this this dead on uh, hit this nail dead on the head when he mentioned this is probably the epitome of capitalism in the United States where you got people basically wagering uh, twenty five thousand dollars, mind you, uh, and and fa- and they're actually fantasizing about the ways they're going to spend this money already. They didn't even win, but they're mm-hmm. already talking about, hey, I'm gonna pay off my student debt. Uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Yeah, it's uh, not. And that, that's that particular storyline. I'm, I'm going to touch on that a little bit later. Birth but at that. Like, yeah, just, just I, I mean, nothing is more capitalistic than isn't that having your baby free? to get isn't that money. The same? <laughs> like, like, like to win, having a baby at a certain day to win money. That's like, goodness, there is nothing. There's nothing more capitalist that you could do than that. Yeah. Oh, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> at 70 30 split yep i mean they even tried to break off uh carla uh gugino's character dr morissette with some of it they talking about you know 60 40 split 70 30 split like what are you talking about just from an ethical standpoint like she can't get down like that why would you even ask that and she even comments i'm surprised that you would even ask that and then last but not least uh i think uh the story of uh uh we we covered the uh, mm-hmm. elevator scene, but just the segue to the elevator scene is Catherine Heigl and uh, John Bon Jovi's characters, respectively, of this uh, couple who they were basically engaged. And then all of a sudden, you know, Jensen just bounces. Uh, he says he had he was yeah. scared. It was too much. You're the one who proposed, buddy. I got que- like, questions. You didn't think this through. I got well, questions like, about you guys that. were living together. I got then, questions about you know that she didn't even get yeah to that open that was um the, uh, yeah I mean even like John Bond like, like, like she yeah, I got questions it. about that I, I, <laughs> I got I don't know <laughs> I know CJ's gonna comment I got some on questions that about yeah that. but yeah, I will I say that um you know like you mentioned it before New York City is the perfect it's the perfect setting New York becomes its own character nowhere else when you think of New Year's Eve. In America, you think of Times Square. You think of watching that ball drop. Like that's it's just it's just such a it's yes. it's a great background. I love like that idea of like going into a certain room and a a building and there's something inside of it that Definitely. you would never expect. I had an experience like that years ago. I was in um I was in the meatpacking district in New York, and one of my friends had taken me somewhere, and we were like in the dish and it just looks like i was like we're going to see some meat or something like what's happening and then we go down these steps and then like there's like a green door and you we open the green door and it's like this big room with a dj in the middle and like a big (laughs) large kind of square uh bar and the place is called the apartment and the dj and this is many many years ago and uh the dj was playing and uh she was just this beautiful woman mm. big afro and she was like mixing roy Ayers oh, with okay. stuff and it was the first time i had really heard roy yeah, Ayers I music and I, I just thought about like that's such a just a new york experience so you know this place is like it's a legit it's a legit movie and the the background and the setting as new york makes it mm. even more legit so yeah, so let's talk about let's talk about cake. Um, I got yeah. some cake here. I got a lot of cake actually for this. I'm just gonna kind of run through it all um, kind of quickly, and then you know pass it to you. Yeah, um, you talked definitely. about at the beginning. I really like the Zac Efron Michelle Pfeiffer story. It's my favorite story in the whole thing. I just think that they just do a great job of playing the characters in it. Even though I know where it was gonna go the whole time, I think if you can still make it entertaining, that speaks to the chemistry between the actors and I thought they picked 
two folks that have really good chemistry in that scene and in that role mm-hmm. that they were playing. So I really liked that. Um, I really liked um, the New Year's Eve pre-speech um, yeah. that was done by, um, I'm sorry, what was her name? I just, Claire. Yeah, I, I thought that was great. It, it just, it was just one of, you know, like, this is like my favorite time of year. And that mm. idea of like people, um, you know, mending Claire their Morgan. problems. That's a Hillary Swank's and, character. And, you know, kind of changing and evolving and all that. I just love that whole speech. So shout outs to that. Um, I liked, I loved the part where Halle Berry was saying she doesn't need any holiday cake because that's true. She didn't need any holiday cake. Uh, mm-hmm. So I got thumbs up for that scene. And I did, and I loved um, the idea of like Mr. Bullerton. And it being um, my man from uh, Ferris Bueller, Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because like mm. Matthew Broderick, isn't he? Oh, no, he's married to um, <laughs> the lady from. Uh... Is it her? Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah. So that was cool. He Matthew was probably there. Like, hey, you want to do this? Yeah. He was like, yeah, sure. I'll do it, man. So I, I like I liked that, though. There were just some cute sort of scenes in here. And I like no, he's married to Sarah Jessica. He's married to Sarah Jessica Parker, who's in this movie. Yeah, sir. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Well, like CJ just hinted at, I like the little nuances, whether it be things like uh, the ensemble cast and their connections to one another, because, you know, a lot of these individuals have worked in projects together. Um, so I definitely like the rapport and the exchange. Uh, I think some of the highlights, as CJ commented on, are the elevator scene with Randy and Elise. That's Leah Michelle and Ashton Kushner, for those who uh, don't recall. And she was able to break through to his icy demeanor. I would kind of categorize that in the Beauty and the Beast type of uh, narrative where he is a figurative individual of the of the beast. I would even go so far as on some like Ebenezer Scrooge type thing in Tiny Uh... Tim, where uh, you know, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Just keep talking. Uh, like, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, the Grinch and uh, is her name Susie Lou or Susie Q or whatever her name is? The little girl that basically, yeah, but, yeah. But nonetheless, like, the, my thing is that you have someone who is kind of like the complete opposite of uh, the uh love interest if you will um and they are able to overcome that hurdle uh kind of like almost like a a, an organic sense uh he that that individual is able to uh overcome uh whatever it is is that holding them back um so definitely uh, kudos to the cast and the storytelling uh i definitely also uh love the multiple story aspect because they're all interconnected in this world and mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. you know a funny little tidbit is the fact that this could be the unofficial second yeah, part in the trilogy of the uh movies valentine's day uh mother's day and then this um especially with the sense that valentine's day uh dropped in 2010 and then this one dropped in 2011 and then mother's day uh which took a while five years later to be precise uh, in uh 2016. so i I like that as everyone can tell because we're really big into comic books etc etc so i Mm -hmm. like that interconnected world that everything is like you know happening simultaneously i love the fact that uh uh the cool uncle zach efron's character paul doyle is sarah jessica parker's uh brother kim doyle and then the the niece uh played by uh uh abigail uh, what's her name abigail uh, i'm drawing a blank i'm drawing a blank um i can't think of her name right now but nonetheless her daughter kind of like confides in him as far as where she's going to go what she's going to do she's really big onto this boy um so i i like the fact that you know these things don't just happen isolated in that sense i mean you got even uh uh Halle Berry is the cool nurse, Nurse Amy, and she's willing to give of herself to accompany uh, Stan as he's on his deathbed until his daughter, who you don't know because they have different names, Claire Morgan, who is in charge of the ball dropping, comes in and she says, hi, dad, after Halle's like, you know, I'll check in on you in a minute. And then all of a yeah, sudden, and, like, and uh, the character segue, of the daughter like, is Abigail Breslin. I'm here. 
So um, Abigail Breslin I, is the I, I daughter. I just like how and, that world and the Grinch is stole, all encompassing of these individuals. Yeah. And then the Grinch uh, so, who stole so Christmas, it's Cindy Lou who, who they are. That, that's what I was, yeah, I had to check that. Yeah. So that. There you go. Yeah. And she's uh, Haley Doyle. Yeah. Yeah. It's Cindy Lou who. Okay. Yeah, no, definitely. And then uh, in closing, I think my last thing is just that, yo, I'm a sucker for a happy ending, man. Like, this movie is supposed to be a, a joyous occasion, the promise of a new year. You know what I mean? Like, we're going into hope, you know, just the prospects of what if and everything. I mean, everyone has the quote unquote New Year's resolutions and, you know, they're going to go to the gym and in full throttle and you're going to create a new you, mind, body and soul. And. I just like that that aspect of the potential of what could be the, the yeah. better version that, yeah. of yourself. Are, yeah. All that and I is think very that true. And these are, mo- that, that these are good stories points, coming no to happy um, endings where everybody also, gets to see yeah, I mean, love. It does, uh, and, I, and on you know what? I actually screen. like that. You know, what I mean, it warms um, my heart. Robert De Niro does pass away. That character, I like that that happens because it does sort of it gives closure. Like each of the stories also has closure, and the closure in that isn't necessarily a happy ending, but it's closure, which is necessary. And I think that's also a good point too, as well. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good parts in this movie. Yes. And uh, there's a couple things that maybe aren't so great. Right. <laughs> and so I got, and so I got my segued into the hate. Right. But um, I don't have a bunch. Yeah. I just got three quick things. Um, I mentioned it before, so I'm not going to belabor it. I, di- I didn't really like the baby, the baby storyline, <laughs> which um, is a nice segue. I for the hate. actually, enjoyed this movie probably more if it was just about the elevator the delivery man i mean the bike messenger thing and the deathbed stories Mm. those were actually my three favorites i was waiting to kind of see those ones develop the most i did like the one with the teenage daughter and sarah jessica barker that was cool too um but the baby storyline that that's in my hate um the middle the middle music video faith in me song <laughs> that was terrible man i just i was like i was watching i'm thinking are they really gonna sing this whole song and they did and they just kept going and go i was like wow this is terrible why don't they stop this yeah that one they could they could cross that off for me that um yeah yeah that that, that didn't work and then the last thing is i just i just remember writing mm-hmm. down as one of my notes that to me this movie is just painfully long like it, it was long and it's just it was just so long i mean like there had to be and that's that's probably more a function of all the different storylines that were happening than anything else so i think like you know once i once i kind of decided there were only certain stories i was interested in then the ones when they were weren't showing those i just wasn't as interested so that's it that's my that's my hate Mm. did you have anything that uh that might have rubbed you the wrong way about this joint yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, the mo- yeah, yeah, the helicopter uh, mom, helicopter really. mom. I mean, I'd just yeah. be nitpicking. I yeah. think like the only thing that I was kind of like peeved out, skeeved out by is the uh, the mom who was hovering and she's like on some like, yeah, man, like yeah, but she seemed like. Uh, like Mr. Magooish, almost like uh, Mr. Uh, uh, what's the British guy who's like real thin and pale, and then he's like real clumsy. He yeah, just the hiding, hiding. I can't think of his the name. hiding in the background uh, part just, and everything. I could see yeah. his face. Yeah, that that um, was that was it was, it was like, funny. But she just yeah, seemed real can, skeevy looking. Man, like, why are you all awkward? Yeah. Yes, yes, and that was probably what they were shooting for. Okay. All right, so yeah, so that's the hate. There's She's not the a lot fe- of hate for it, I but I do got questions. Of so I got Bean. questions. That's that's um, what I'm thinking of, yo. I'm going to. I feel like I have about 15, but I'm gonna go with yeah. the best five. Um, so here's the first question I have. So this movie, right. you know, we talked about it being New York City. Yeah, let's get into it. Really based. There's two characters, two actors in this movie that I thought really embody New York City. I wanted to ask you who is more New York, right? So that who in this like who's more New York, Robert De Niro or Sarah Jessica Parker? Mm. 
I think it really depends upon when you were born and your gender. So for, uh, you know, those working girls who were born, you know, roughly around eh, late 60s, mid, yeah, mid to late 60s, early 70s, you're going to say Sarah Jessica Parker because of Sex in the City. Um, but if you are uh, a male who is roughly mm, 60 years of age, yeah, mid-60s, you're going to say Robert De Niro, whether it be from the Godfather movies or the fact that, you know, Tribeca and and him creating the platform for yeah, independent movies, I can movies, see that. I mean, cetera, and that, that's the interesting in New part York. about uh, how gender run with him. and age so for me, into that because those that, are two uh, the slight really edges big to Robert De Niro. They're both very New York City. So, I mean, like, they're, they're, they got they got stamped. They, they're like... Uh, you know, Robert yeah. De Niro, Sarah Jessica Parker, like Nas, <laughs> Jay-Z, like Busta Rhymes, you know, like yes. certain people oh, yeah. just New oh, York, you know, Ed Koch, like Ed Koch, like <laughs> certain people you just think of Rudolph Giuliani, you just think about. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. And uh, yeah, bagels, synonymous. Good, good yeah. bagels. David Dinkins. You think Jersey's got him beat on bit? Ba- really? Taxi cabs and the Statue of Liberty. What about thin crust? What about thin crust pizza though? Oh yeah, nah, 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 nah. New Jersey bagels all day. New Jersey, easy, easy. Yo, deep dishes. Easy. Yeah, deep dishes. Deep, deep. I mean, like I'm, I'm a thin New crust fan. New York has the fan, best pizza, followed by New that, Jersey. That would be a whole other podcast we get into. Chicago, but I'm not deep dish to does have like, its. I don't know it does what have that its benefits. Is. Now, I will say, sauce. two nah, places nah. that actually do have good pizza that you wouldn't think: Miami. Miami actually has good. That could be it. That could be it. Mm. That could be it. Miami has good pizza. What? So does Los Angeles. No, no. You know what? I, I, I take surprisingly. That you, you're right. The I would have not thought that either. And I'm talking about like straight from, regular, not like down there, pizza whatever, with like whatever. like you know pineapples and yeah yeah wow. conflict free beans like no not like that not like that. regular cheese pizza la has got it all right yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. one of my questions um all right so my Tofu next question and is and this is a, is a two questions and it has to do with jensen right <laughs> the character of jensen so one of the questions is okay so can you really come back after walking out on a marriage proposal a marriage engagement the way that he did okay <laughs> uh, you know, when we were discussing this, man, okay, I was like, I mean, that's really what happens. That's I was what happens. Befuddled. So you know, but now after a little bit more clarity, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you can, yeah, you can, easy, yeah, easily, easily. But it's not even just the fact of the movie. I mean, look at it like this, man. Ghostface said it best in very simplistic terms: everybody wants a do-over. And I think all of us have a hopeless romantic within us. This is the reason why you got these love songs where it's like, baby, please take me back. I'll do anything. Like, it's the same narrative over and over. And it's the reason why this movie in particular hits on so many levels. Because at the end of the day, we're all fallible. And we all recognize that, hey, if I could just get that one moment in time again. Okay, so I'm going to come back to this differently, I thought, or I, I would get this, this right because so, you right, don't get cool. a second so you can't chance at a first right. impression. So here's my other question: but here about I have that opportunity to is set the character right, that of which Jensen I made wrong. a manipulator? And the reason why I'm saying that is because in the end of the movie, okay. what you find out is that essentially he strong-armed the people throwing the party into working with his ex-fiance's catering company. And under the under the agreement that if they did that, he would perform. And she didn't know about mm. that, obviously, and she doesn't find out to the end. And she finds out kind of accidentally. But essentially what he did was he created a scenario where her money was tied to doing something. And he knew that she would be, first of all, he knew where she would be on New Year's Eve. And then he made sure that he was in the same space there's a lot of manipulation that it takes to get to that point. Depending, I think, depend, well, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to ask, is he a manipulator? And then I'll save it till, till at the end. What I think. 
Well, I see where you're going. I mean, and I hope the audience is sophisticated enough to distinguish where CJ's going. My contrast or pushback to that would be, does he have narcissistic tendencies? Yes. But is he a narcissist? No. Um, but you do mm -hmm. have to have an obsessive uh, personality if you're going to reach that plateau or that or that stature of being a rock star. He's supposed to be who he and it's not a stretch. It's, I mean, it's John Bon Jovi. I mean, it's not like he's, he had to step out of his comfort zone. Um, so with that being said, um, look at it like this. You're in love with this young lady or whatever have you. And uh, uh, she mm -hmm. is uh, a prospect as far as being a, a chef, right? She's on the rise, but she needs to get into the in crowd. And you have the ability to do that for her. So, of course, he's going to facilitate that. Now, the, 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 the side attraction or the benefit to that is, hey, I get to see the woman that I'm madly <laughs> in love with that I recognize as the one who gets away. At the same token, he's saying to these people like, look, you know who I am. I'm Kevin Durant. And he's saying to her, like, you know, I got I, I you, it's a two for one deal. You're, you'd be crazy not to take me on. So in turn, he's she's getting a two for one deal and she's probably paying pennies on the dollar for him to be there because the goal is to entice them to get him the, to get her as the uh, chef. At the same token, I think he recognizes that, yeah, it's not going to be easy. I am going to take some lumps. But, you know, I have to humble myself in doing that. Um, I also think that the fact that it doesn't come out until the end, but it's told from another female in a manner in which it's more palatable and not on some <laughs> like, hey, I'm pulling strings here. I'm trying to be manipulated and force you into this predicament because they didn't end on a bad term. Now, I mean, it could be viewed as stalkerish. You know what I mean? Like, I know, I know it. But think about all those songs where it's like, I'll cry for you. Yeah. Uh, uh, I can't yeah, leave you, you alone. Should, yeah. You got me fiending. Like, if you listen yeah. to the lyrics of a lot of these songs, yo, you'd be like, yo, out of I, context. I think whenever out, you dude. try like, to create a yo, scenario I need to get a restraining order. where so I, someone is going to be that's somewhere what I'm saying, like, with the proper and context, you know where they're going to be, but you know, they don't know that you're from. going to be there for you to see them there. That's a dangerous thing. And that's a that's a manipulation to me. That's a manipulation. I think if if the story had been written more along, and it's and it's interesting because mm. I do think that you see this based on how interested you are and on the perspective. So a lot, you know, and and the, the point about the the um, the R and B songs is great, great point because if you if you're interested, it's easy to see that as romance, mm -hmm. right? which in many cases, romance is manipulation, you know, and at the same token, if you don't like it, it can very easily be seen as being a stalker too. So I think that's a, that's a great point. Mm -hmm. um, and it still gets into something else. I got another question about that's going to come back to the Jensen thing. So keep put a, we'll put a, put, we'll put a pin in this. I'm going to pivot for mm -hmm. a second. Cause I do have a question. Um, and it has to do with the, the rap rappers playing actors. So, there's been so many rappers that have played actors. You know, you got okay. Ice T, Ludacris, obviously, LL Cool J, Queen Latifah. I think Ti has played. As, well, he's an actor, but and I think he's also been a cop mm. in a or played like the role of like a special agent or something. If not, then my apologies. But my question is, why do you think so many rappers end up playing cops in movies and television shows? Well, for me, it's it's pretty easy answer, and that is uh, crossover appeal. I think that if you want to go pop, you somehow have to uh, establish that, hey, you know, my persona as a rapper where I may have spoken disparagingly of uh, police and the establishment, the military, et cetera, et cetera, um, that's just one aspect or that's just the role in order to sell records. I'm now entering as a actor so like i have my acting card now so i'm two separate individuals i'm no longer the rapper i'm now the actor um i also think that uh with respect to uh, a movie that uh mr tom cruise was in uh reacher 
where he says there's three things that cops do they never drive their own vehicles they always vote republican and, was it that uh, they loved was it that they love donuts uh, and uh <laughs> oh, i'm missing the third one it was something else just under the lines like hey this is the the, the typecast that we can expect from officers when i oh yeah 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 they they like something to the effect of like they like donuts <laughs> um but no all, all all seriousness but just that comment struck an accord with me because it's like hey you know we're dealing with a populace here where at one point in time you know you had an ice tea you know basically with cop killer you had nwa with uh f the police and these are clear distinct uh statements there's no uh, ability to misconstrue anything in that um okay. so in order to uh, uh kind of like extend an olive branch mm-hmm. you have to be willing to say hey you know i yeah, am I in favor like of law and, uh, and order, jump street no pun intended i am basically all right so that's uh, going all right so um all right here's my last question um, of the a year a year extent. after like this movie, right so this was things. this was new year's eve 20 or new year's eve 2020 no 2011. a year later are any of these couples still together right and i'm just gonna say the couples are okay you got zach efron and michelle pfeiffer if we that's probably the flimsiest of the couples, but let's say that's one. All right, you got uh, Josh uh, Duhamel. Is that, uh, did I say that correctly? Duhamel and Sarah Jessica Parker. That's another That's another uh, couple. And then the last couple, I'll make it easy and just do three. The last couple is um, Jensen, yeah, Duhamel. You know, John Bon Jovi, and Katherine Heigl. So those three couples, are any of those couples still together a year later? Okay. All right. So let's go with uh, the May-December romance of uh, Paul and Ingrid. I think that uh, it's more of like, uh, hey, we're caught up in the moment. You know, let's not think rationally. Let's just go where it takes us. What are all those cliches and platitudes that you say when basically you just, you know, you just don't want to have any real... uh, ties to that individual definitely new right? year's eve night definitely um, that they definitely woke i do up i think that they may have hooked up maybe once or twice champagne bottles kicking them over as, on your way to yeah, run to the but bathroom i don't see that as a no question uh, a long no question. term okay type of so the thing. next one uh josh <laughs> duhamel and uh yeah. sarah jessica parker are they still oh yeah oh a yeah year later yeah definitely definitely yeah so sam and kim are they together yeah i think they are i think the fact that this dude like they commented on he kept the (laughs) napkin in his wallet folded up for a year that was very well done by the way uh, that was very well turned down uh uh uh, i'm trying to be very diplomatic he turned down two lovely ladies who wanted to express their appreciation to him um and thank you sir uh, so he is a known yeah. established bachelor uh, with his pick of any woman that he encounters as evident by the uh, bartender who said, hey, I get off at one o'clock. She positioned, she propositioned him. Um, so I think the fact that he's able to navigate those waters very seamlessly, be committed, be focused and determined, put himself out on a limb and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to set all my fears aside and I'm going to push forward and I'm going to meet her. And if she's not there, okay, but I can't, I won't have any regrets. And, uh, I think with her, uh, with, uh, Sarah Jessica, uh, Jessica Parker's character, I think Kim is at that age where those words from her daughter echoed in her to such an extent where it was like, wow, this really does on that one. I do agree. I do think they would still be together from the mouths of babes only because he's, and she was willing to say, you know what? I'm going to do the same thing. I got you for that one. But that's so I definitely one. think that they're together. And then you know, last so but not least. It's just, I mean, I mean, it would just, it would just take too long. Forget it. The point is just that bottom line is I agree. <laughs> I do think they'd be together, but I think it's. Wait, 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 wait. And the last one. Why is it okay? Jensen and the chef. Good, good. <laughs> Go 
because. <laughs> All right. So last but not least, we're dealing with uh, John Bon Jovi's character, Jensen and Catherine Heigl's character, uh, uh, Laura. And I'm going to say, yeah, man. I'm going to say, yeah, they fought so much. They have so much in common. They seem to be in a more mature space where it's like, hey, I'm willing to sacrifice for you and you're willing to sacrifice for me. We're committed and devoted to one another in an, in a way that others won't get. Um, and not on some like us against the world, but more like we're going to tune out the outside noises. Um, lightning has struck twice. We're going to capitalize on the momentum that we're building here. I'm able to forgive you for uh, the hurt and the pain that I suffered for the past two years, year. Um, and he seems to have matured in the sense that, hey, you know what? Got it. I'm a desperate okay. man because I, I recognize think, that you I, are I don't, I don't my think life that that couple's going to make you go. it. I think about you continuously. <laughs> I don't think so, man. I, I'm willing I to think move heaven that and earth to in be six with months they're broken so, yeah, up, man. I'm going to go because with that. Because I, I think what happens is in six months, I know you though. He realizes that what he really liked about her was that she was hard for him to get. <laughs> and what she really liked about him was that he was unavailable. Wow. So the idea of two people where that's their dynamic sitting together in a house on the couch, after about six months, they'll both be looking at the front door. Now, I do think though, mm. there is there is sort of maybe a soulmate kind of thing to them. Wow. So these are like the these are like the kind of people that get married to other people and then they still can maintain a relationship with each other. They'll do that kind of thing, but they'll never that that Oof. that's not gonna last. That's why I don't make these kinds of movies. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, why, that's why that's why they don't do that's why that's why no one is no one is picking up any scripts from me. That's why, because that's that's what I'm saying. All right. So look, let's wow. jump into the let's jump into the, the popcorn on this. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'll go first. You know, I, I like I said from the, from the beginning, I liked this movie. It's you know, like you said in the beginning we have been covering movies from this time of the year like the december christmas thank i mean christmas and and new year's vibe this is squarely in it i'm giving this four boxes of popcorn this is a movie that um i could absolutely see myself watching like at a certain time of the year like this time of year if i was like sitting at on the couch and it came on like tnt or something i would watch it but i wouldn't like seek it out to watch it in like march or or you know june or something like that but it's good for what it is and i think it's well executed right. so i'm giving it four boxes right right i dig it uh i too am giving it four boxes but um under a different pretense uh mine is I just love the sense of love being a major theme in ensemble movies. And what I mean by that is when you're dealing with a cast of a romantic comedy, you know, yes, the, the comedy, the levity, the, the wittiness that helps to like kind of smooth things out. That's more like the icing on the cake, but the substance of it is, you know, the hope for a better tomorrow. And what better thing that epitomizes that emotion that we all feel is love. And I'm not necessarily saying it's romance. I mean, it could be the familial love, the protective love that a father has for mm -hmm. a daughter. It could be just for goodwill towards men. Like, everybody loves Christmas, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that whole sense of, like, the better versions of ourselves coming about and then carrying it over into the new year. There's a reason why I think, like, all of that mm -hmm. lines up pretty yeah, well. Sure. And point. not just necessarily Christmas, but Hanukkah as Good well. Point. Good point. Right. As well. These so are then, you know, just figure, just closing things out with uh, the meaning. In which um, you're talking about the best So for this one, humanity. I would just say that I think this is so about, I'm going with four. you know, just the, the holiday. It's in the holiday vibe, but it's about the idea of spending time with the people that you love and care about. Um, a lot of the stories are about people trying to get to somebody that they care about you know whether that's like joshua mel's character whether that's sarah jessica parker's character whether that's um you know the daughter trying to get to the father the idea of like spending time with the people that you care about and i think the other part is about letting people know that you care about them and how much you do and um there's also like that too so you see you know um zach efron kind of letting michelle pfeiffer know hey i want to 
spend this day with you. I want to go here with you. Or the Halle Berry common thing is mm -hmm. a really great example because even though they can't really be together, they each want the other one to know how much they care. And I think that's like, you know, an important part of the holidays. Like, you know, this time of year, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people can feel isolated and they can feel by themselves. And, you know, mm -hmm. this is a time of year that encourages us to pick up the phone, right. to send an email, to send a text message, to call somebody, FaceTime, and just talk to somebody, let them know, hey, I value you, I care about you, I miss mm -hmm. you, I love you, whatever the case may be. And I think that's the important message um, that goes through this movie. No, I definitely uh, co-sign every single aspect of that. So I won't beat this to death. I want to summarize by saying, first and foremost, I want to thank everyone that's been a part of this journey, all the listeners, the subscribers. Uh, I I am thankful for you. Uh, I am wholeheartedly grateful for the fact that we are even here, let alone the ability to uh, discuss uh, a favorite thing of ours. And, and in a sense, uh, CJ said it to me too, and it didn't strike me then as it does now. Uh, and that was, we're giving a glimpse as to what it is we like, but bigger than that, we're giving a glimpse into our souls as far as who we are as individuals, as men, as black men who happen to uh, use the platform of movies to convey that message. So I definitely want to express my thanks to the listeners. Um, I also want to say thank you to CJ for uh, bringing me along this ride. Um, if you guys had any idea just how influential this man has been as far as my brother, um, words do not do it justice. Uh, so I definitely want to send a shout out to him. Um, Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then I want to thank, uh, of course, all the artists, all the creative people who give us these things to talk about. Um, they're able to uh, channel all of their creativity in this medium of films. And it is a joyous platform at that because um, you can suspend reality. You can go on the journey with them. Uh, you can four, uh, four hour and fifteen minute direct one cut minute. Joke, yeah. You can be an antihero the next, and you can be the hero all in an hour and thirty minutes, or in this case, uh, three hours, which according to CJ should have been chopped down to an hour and fifteen hour thirty. Uh, <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, I am definitely thankful to all of those directors, producers, grip keys, uh, you name them, the lighting, the accountants, the caterers, every single person who's ever worked on a movie project who uh, they don't get their names shouted out enough. I'm thankful to you. I'm grateful to you. I am appreciative of your work. And in closing, I want to leave everyone with this quote. And uh, I think it is the symmetry of this as I opened not only with a quote, but from uh, a piece of uh, literature that I believe is a medium that goes un, uh, underappreciated. There comes a time twixt life and death when all men stop to catch their breath. We ask the stars why. We question our lot. The heavens open wide and reply, why not? And that is by Henry Hank McCoy, a.k.a. Beast. Uh, and the actual writer is Scott Lobedell. And that's from X-Men Volume 2, Issue Number 11. I chose that quote for a multitude of reasons, but I think the movie itself speaks volumes. Oh, man, we're going to cover that classic. That man, question that, uh, as well as proposing that question. That, that classic and since of, we're in uh, that same vein girl, of love, girl romance, boy, people boy coming together. Doesn't want to be with girl, girl wants to be Our with next boy, movie, that, what do you that, think that, we're going to get that into? That endless today? drama in the form of uh, when Harry met Sally. So that'll be a good one to talk about. So it's a, it's a great movie, but it's also got a lot of things that are really just relevant to relationships. So I'm going to enjoy talking about that. I'm going to enjoy hearing your comments about that too, Will. 
So we will be so <laughs> yeah, right. So we will be back talking about that. Um, just as a heads up, so um, this this will post on New Year's Eve, which is appropriate because it's New Year's Eve. We also just did and finished a recap show of twenty twenty three. So that's out there too. So we're giving you two episodes for the price of one week. Um, so that's just so you so you have that in your in your uh, have have more sticky floors than you've had maybe in the past. Uh, and so with that said, you know, the Sticky Flores podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. We're on yes, Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Um, please like, subscribe, comment. Your comments help us to do this better. <laughs> Happy New Year to everybody. Happy 2024. And we will see you in 2024. Peace.